Yeah. So we're looking at, um, I guess I was trying to, trying to find a, I was, I was trying to ponder the thoughts this week and to come up with some sort of heading that has to go on the, and I was like, make a choice to stand. Who wants to stand? Trish does. Anyone else want to stand? Ronnie wants to stand. We're making a choice to stand. We're standing for Jesus. We're standing for the kingdom of God. We're standing for His plans. We're standing for His purposes. We're standing for Him. Amen. We're standing and saying, as for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. Amen. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen. Maybe you want to sit down for a while. Lord, we thank you today that in the midst of everything that's happening, that you are speaking. And your word says that you speak to your prophets. Your word says that you speak, God, and you, and Lord, you make yourself known. And Lord, we want to thank you that you are speaking, God, to your people. You are speaking, Lord, to the nations. You are speaking. And so, Lord, we simply pray, Lord, that we would continue to have ears to hear what your spirit is saying to us, God, at all times. Lord, we want to thank you for the openness, God. Lord, I want to thank you for this family. I want to thank you for this household, God, of our believers that just love you. God, it is so evident, Lord. Lord, I'm so thankful, God, that you brought us together as family. And God, I pray that, Lord, that we would be family more and more, not just amongst ourselves, but God, that we would see other people come into your family and that we would be family for them as well. We thank you that your spirit is moving. Your spirit is at work in this nation, O oh God. And so, Lord, we pray today that you would seal something in our hearts. By your spirit, O oh God, that you would seal something in our hearts that we would take away today and live out this week in Jesus' name. Amen? Hey, so in the midst of everything, and, you know, it, it really is easy to look at Facebook and, and look at um, the news and look at stuff. And, you can, and it's really easy to just go, whew. well, maybe not, whew, but it's really easy to become discouraged. It's really easy to, be get, to get heavy laden. It's like really easy. And as I was just pondering some stuff with the Lord this, we, uh, this week, He spoke to me a really simple word. And the word was Sila. Sila. Now, for some of you, you'd be going, what on earth is that word? For most of us, we probably know because I have spoken about it once before. And it means to pause in His presence. In fact, if you look at the Psalms, if you look at Psalms, for example, um, Psalm 24, you'll see at different points there's a phrase, Selah. So it says... Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in His holy place? The one who has clean hands and a pure heart, who has not appealed to what is false and who has not sworn deceitfully. He will receive blessing from the Lord and righteousness from the God of His salvation. Such is the generation of those who inquire of Him, who those who seek the face of God. Selah. We see that throughout Scripture. Who is this King of glory? The Lord, strong and mighty, He is the King of glory, Selah. We pause. We read a statement and we pause, amen? We pause to reflect on that. We pause to reflect upon the truth of that statement. We pause to reflect upon the strength of that statement, amen? 
And we pause in his presence to remind ourselves of who he is and what he said he will do. And I think in the midst of everything that is happening in the world at this point in time, that you know, it is a good thing to pause in his presence and to remind ourselves about the faithfulness of God, to remind ourselves about who he is and what he said he would do. Amen? And that's not just David. David just didn't use that phrase, but there was, you know, the different writers of the other Psalms. Psalm 67 says exactly the same thing, you know, in sense of, uh, let the peoples praise you, O God. Let the peoples praise you. Let the nations rejoice and shout for joy, for you judge the peoples with fairness and lead the nations on earth, Selah. We pause in his presence. It's actually a sign of maturity to pause in his presence. To actually, in the midst of everything that's happening around you, it's actually a sign of maturity to be able to stop and to be able to pause and not to react, but to pause and learn how to respond. That's a sign of maturity. To acknowledge, to wait upon. For when we do pause in his presence, when we do have that moment with him, we often get clarity, amen? We get alignment, we get wisdom, we get a right perspective of what God is doing and what God is saying. We get a right perspective of a situation when we learn to pause in His presence. It's about positioning ourselves. We, we, we position ourselves before Him as we pause in His presence. Amen? I've got one amen. Come on. Two amens. Three amens. Four, five. This then, when I was doing that this week, the Lord reminded me, and I thought, oh, but Lord, I've already read that. And he says, I want you to read it again. And you go, oh, there's more. How often do we read a verse of Scripture or a passage of Scripture and we go, oh, yeah, I've read that. But then the Lord says, no, 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 I want you to read it again. And as you read it again, it's like, whoa, there's actually more. Amen? So as I was in that moment this week, he reminded me of Jehoshaphat. In 2 Chronicles 20. Now, it wasn't that, that many weeks ago that I referred to it. And so it's a passage that just keeps coming up. I think we can have two perspectives. One perspective of, oh, not that verse of Scripture again. Or, hang on a minute, the Lord keeps talking about that verse of Scripture, so it's really important that we pay attention to it. In verse 13 of 2 Chronicles 20, we read this, all Judah was standing. There, see, that's why we're doing it. All Judah was standing before the Lord with all their dependents and their wives and their children. And in the middle of the congregation, the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, son of Benaniah, son of Jeel, son of Mataniah, a Levite. Don't you love all those names? A Levite from Asaph's descendants. So here they were standing before God. They were standing. And it says this, listen carefully, all Judah and you inhabitants of Jerusalem and King Jehoshaphat, this is what the Lord says, do not be afraid and do not be discouraged because of this vast number. Let's just pause there for a minute. See that the heads were up and they're looking at the vast number. We're looking at the vast number. We, like, we look at the, 
the vast number. We look at the enormity of something. And the Lord is saying, do not be discouraged. Do not be discouraged. Do not be afraid for, the, you know, for this vast number. For the battle is not yours, but it's God's. And sometimes we have to be reminded of that, don't we? The battle is not yours, but it's God's. But we still have a part to play in it. But it is God's battle. Tomorrow, go down against them. You will see them coming up. And you will find them at the end of the valley, facing the wilderness of Jeruel. You do not have to fight this battle. But rather, position yourselves, stand still, and see the salvation of the Lord. He is with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. So do not be afraid or discouraged. Tomorrow go out to face them, for the Lord is with you. How cool is that? That the, the ability to stand is such a posture of faith. It is such a posture of faith in the midst of everything that is happening. And maybe it's something in your personal life. Maybe it's something in your household. Maybe it's something around you. But in the midst of something that's happening, the ability to stand, and I'm not just talking about like stand like I'm standing on my feet. It's a, it, it, it's a posture of your heart. It's a posture of your faith. The ability to stand in the midst of something. Stand still and you will see the salvation of the Lord. And sometimes we have to remind ourselves about that. The Lord is looking for people who are willing to stand. He, it is His battle and He will win it, but He's looking for people to stand. So Jehoshaphat did this. Then Jehoshaphat uh, knelt low with his face to the ground. There's another posture of the heart, hey? The posture of our heart to bow low, to remind ourselves that we came from dust and we go back to dust in that sense, that He is the creator of the heavens and the earth, and we come low before Him, and we acknowledge Him in that way. And so that's what He did. He knelt with His face to the ground, and all of Jeru uh, Judah and all the inhabitants of Jerusalem fell down before the Lord to worship Him. Can you imagine that? What kind of scene would that be? Looking out on mass, just people kneeling all over the face, you know, bowing, you know, thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands, all with their face to the ground. It was interesting that when we were in Alice Springs a couple of weeks ago, as we flew out from the airport and we flew in, we saw all these planes that were parked there because they're not traveling overseas at the moment. And there, was, there, was, there was planes from every nation, or every continent at least, parked in Alice Springs because it's so dry. They're not going to rust. They just sit there. But from the sky, it was like, wow, planes. But imagine all these people. If you could be lifted up for a minute and see all these people bowing down with their faces to the ground, spreading out across the countryside, what, what a sight. Then the Levites from the sons of the Kohathites, uh, sorry, sometimes I'm not very good with these words, they stood up to praise the Lord God of Israel, shouting loudly. So from a posture of humility, they recognized how great their God was and how great our God is. 
And they stood up in the face of that with the strength that they were getting from that and they began to praise him loudly. Why? Because what he said he will do, he will do. And praise is powerful. It's part of our warfare, amen? It's part of our weaponry, praise. And I don't just mean, you know, when we strike up a band and sing a song, although we can do that, that's praise. But even just now, just shouting praise. It's part of our weaponry. To give thanks in all circumstances and to praise our God in spite of all things is part of our weaponry. Amen. And in the morning they got up eagerly and they went out to the wilderness of Tekoa. And as they were about to go out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Hear me, Judah, and all you inhabitants of Jerusalem. Believe in the Lord your God and you will be established. Believe in his prophets and you will succeed. That is powerful. There is, there is two things happening here. One is that believing in God of what he said and who he is and all that stuff. And the other is that God sends people to bring words of comfort. He sends people to bring words of encouragement. He sends people to bring words of direction. And we have to stand on that. So much of the church has tried to shut the prophetic down. Then he consulted with the people and appointed some to sing for the Lord and some to praise the splendor of his holiness. And when they went out in front of the armed forces, they kept singing. We can't stop singing. Doesn't matter if, you, if you're not in tune. You just got to make a joyful noise. That's all the scripture says. Make a joyful noise. And they sang, give thanks to the Lord. For his faithful love endures forever. I remember there are, you know, there are times you have conversations with people and there's people said, you know, oh, sometimes the, the worship or the singing is too repetitive. And I'm thinking, hang on a minute. It says that they went out and they kept singing. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. They kept singing it. They kept singing it. Give thanks to the Lord for his faithful love endures forever. You know, sometimes we need to be reminded of some things. That's why it's repetitive. It's not for the sake of, oh, here we go again. We're just going to sing that line again. It's like we need to be reminded that he is so holy. There is none like him. In the same way that the people of God need to be reminded that the Lord is good and his faithful love endures forever. And the moment they began their shouts and praises, we've got to get a bit noisy. Is it okay if we get a bit noisy? <laughs> oh. <laughs> it got noisy on Friday night, didn't it? Oh. The moment they began to shout and praise, the Lord set an ambush against the Ammonites, Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir who came to fight against Judah, and they were all defeated. You know what? That's been one of my prayers as I've been reading that this week, that the, you know, that the enemy's camp would be thrown into confusion, that God would send the enemy's camp into confusion. He can do that. He's done it before, and he'd do it again. I've seen you move. You move the mountains, and I believe you can do it again. 
You made a way where there was no way, and I believe you can do it again. He's just looking for people that are willing to stand and say, God, I've read about it, and in fact, I've seen it, and I believe you can do it again. What, a, what are you, O mighty mountain? What, what are you? Before the Lord, you will become like level ground. You will become like a plain. Amen? You know, these people made a choice to stand. And throughout Scripture, we see so many, so many accounts, so many passages where people are faced with a choice. You have a choice. We have a choice every day. We have a choice to live for Jesus. We have a choice to honor Him with our words, with our mouths, with our actions. We have a choice. We have a choice to forgive someone or not forgive someone. We have choices every day. And at this point in time in history, we have a choice. Are we going to allow fear? Are we going to allow other things to come over us? Or are we going to stand and know that God says the best days are ahead? The battles that are, that are before us, nationally, internationally, they're not flesh and blood battles. And I see that. Can I say, just say one thing? The level of hate in our nation right now is at an all-time high. And as Christians, we need to say, no, we're not going to partner with hate. You know, I, I was talking to Katie Barker during the week and I was reminded and I was like, wow, isn't it interesting you can get a word or read a word and you can just kind of like, oh yeah, that was a good word and, and you move on. Do you know like 12 months ago, Katie Barker released a word that the Federation of Australia was under attack? that the enemy was seek, seeking to divide state against state and territory against territory. Hello? What are we having right now? In fact, Katie and her family are actually stuck in the battle because they live on the border of, on the Tweed Head side and their kids go to school in Queensland, not allowed. Their kids play sport in Queensland, not allowed. They attend a fellowship in Queensland, not allowed. They're actually stuck in the middle of the battle and yet they live like... A stone's throw. So this is why we have to listen to the prophetic voices, to the true prophetic voices. Because we were forewarned. And it was only this week as I was back reading and I'm like, wow. It's not against flesh and blood, but the level of hate is huge. It's, it's state against state. It's person against person. The level of hate is huge. We need to stand against that and say no. You know, I have people ringing me all the time. I don't think probably sometimes you realize how many phone calls I probably get. And when all this kind of stuff is happening in the nation, I get more phone calls. What are you going to say about it, Tim? What are you going to do about it? What are we doing as a church? All this kind of stuff. You know, the situation with some of the things that are before us, I just choose... I. I choose to show grace to people, to, to my brother and sister in Christ. And I choose the way of love, that we're going to love each other because we are not going to come underneath this spirit of division that is over this land right now. Amen? The battles that we face are spiritual ones. In Ephesians chapter 6, and you know these verses really well as well. Finally, be strengthened in the Lord and in His vast strength, or His mighty strength. 
and put on the full armor of God so that you can stand. See, there's that word again. Why are you putting on the full armor of God so you can just sit there and in a chair? You know, again, it reminds me of the Israelites. The Israelites, when Goliath, Goliath was huge. And the Israelites were dressed in their armor. And in fact, they were, they, they were doing their thing. They were saying, we're an army, we're an army, we're an army, we're an army. But you know what happened when Goliath came and stood before them? They ran. They said, we're getting out of here. It's true. That's kind of Tim Lennon's paraphrase, but that's what it says. They were fully armoured. They looked like an army. They sounded like an army. But they weren't an army. Because they ran. And it took one, one man. Boy. Young man. Who was the forgotten one. When Samuel came to Jesse and said, I believe one of your sons is going to be the next king. And he went through all his sons, and Samuel said, it's not any of these. Is there another one? Oh, yeah, actually, there's, the, actually, there's one out tending sheep. He was the forgotten one. He was out the back tending sheep. He was fighting bears, and he was fighting lions, and he was learning stuff. And he learned this one principle, that God is faithful, that God is strong, that God is mighty, and there is nothing too hard for our God. Nothing too hard. Put on the form of God so that you can stand. So we don't want to be like, we don't want the church in this nation to be like the army of Israel that put on the armor and look like an army, but they ran. We want to be David's. Anyone else want to be David? Who wants to be David? We want to stand. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this darkness, against evil and the spiritual forces in, this, uh, in the heavens. For this reason, I urge you to take up the full armor of God so that you may be able to resist in the evil day. And having done everything that you would stand... And having done everything that you would stand. You see, it's a position of faith that you could stand. Daniel did it. Daniel, when he was said, you know, you need to stop this, otherwise you're going to the lions. He said, no, no, I'm standing. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they, they did it. David did it. Countless of people throughout history have done it. There's people over this nation doing it, nation over the nations right now. Stephen did it. That account when, when Stephen was, 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 was being thrown rocks at. They were throwing rocks at him in Acts chapter 7 and they were killing him. He's, he stood there. He stood there in such a way that they, they saw God in him. To stand biblically is a position of faith. It is a response and it, and it requires courage, it, it requires boldness and it requires the belief that God says that what he said he will do, he will do. Amen? As I've just said, the, like the Israelites did it in um, Exodus 14. Oh, sorry, different passage. I'm thinking about something else right now. Exodus 14. So this is the account where the Egyptians are behind them 
and the sea is before them, and they need to press on. And this is what it says in Exodus 14, verse 13. Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. How many times in Scripture do we hear those words? Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Here it is again. Do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the Lord's salvation. That he will accomplish for you today. It kind of sounds a bit like Jehoshaphat, doesn't it? Stand firm and you will see the Lord's salvation today. It's exactly what happened with Jehoshaphat. For the Egyptians you see today, you will never see again. And then he said, then he says to them in verse 15, The Lord said to them, Why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to break camp and, and to begin to move out. So I wanted to share that because stand just doesn't mean that I'm going to stand. Because standing is a position of faith, it means that I'm going to stand, but I'm going to move. He told them to stand still in terms of that they couldn't do it. It wasn't their efforts that were going to do it. God was going to do it. There was a posture of faith, a belief. But then he said, with that belief, I want you to move out. And as you stretch out your staff towards the water, it's going to part and you're going to go through. And that is exactly what happened. Amen. So the Israelites did it. The disciples did it. They stood. They stood in the midst of persecution. They, they stood in the midst of everything. And the Lord is asking his people to stand today. One of the things that occurred when I was in Alice Springs and in that inter intercession thing is that there were, there were things in this nation that I, that I had to acknowledge before the Lord. And as I said last week, I, I, I didn't fully understand what I was doing until I got there. And I don't really understand why me and why this point in time and all that kind of stuff. But you know what? Sometimes you just got to do what God tells you to do. But the fact is that there were things that were, that, that were acknowledged before the Lord. And my Bible says that when those things happen, the Lord hears and the Lord moves. I'm expecting to see manifest fruit. I'm expecting to see the outcome of what took place in the centre of Australia. It doesn't matter what the circumstances say to me right now. I'm expecting to see the fruit of that. Because God doesn't ask you to do something and then never ever see the fruit from that in that sense. There's going to be something. The problem is we try and put our thoughts on it of what it's going to be and what it's going to look like. And then we get disappointed because it didn't happen the way that we thought it might happen. But the fact is that God heard, God sees and God heard and God knows and God is moving. So I just really felt this morning that, I just, that he wanted to encourage us together to stand and to move forward. Amen? And as we stand, we stand for Jesus. We stand for his kingdom. We, we stand and say, Lord, it's, it is your kingdom come and it is your will be done. We stand for life because it's the enemy that comes to steal, kill and destroy. And we stand for life. Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and you may have it abundant. We stand for life. And some of the things that are happening at the moment are certainly not life. We stand for life. We stand for love. As I've already said, there's so much hate in this nation at present. We've got to stand for love. We've got to stand for life. We've got to stand for truth. And we've got to stand for hope. There's so much that we stand for, but it's the kingdom of God. It's, it's, it's the principles or it's the culture of the kingdom of God. Amen? 
I was talking to someone during the week about part of the problem is that with people, people pull verses of Scripture out and make them say what they want to say all the time. You know, always, we've got to be really careful about that. Scripture will always interpret Scripture. You'll always get a confirmation because everything's established by two or three witnesses. So therefore, if you pull a verse out and you can't find anything to support that, well, then you've got to question it because there's no supporting witness. Amen? And sometimes we've got to be careful that we don't just pull out one aspect of God without all the other aspects. You know, because if you have that God is love without God is truth or God is righteousness or God is holy, there's no need for a saviour because there is no sin. But if you pull out that God is holy and God is righteous without that God is love, then you get a heart full of judgment and hatred. Or not hatred, judgment and criticism, a critical spirit, because there's no love. There's always the balance, amen? And I've I've been reading through the book of Acts lately because there's so much there that, you know, there's so many books that are written about stuff from a certain person's perspective, but it really can't be supported by Scripture. They've plucked a verse or they've plucked a verse, but it's actually not what is actually happening in the book of Acts. And the Lord has been taking me back through the book of Acts, and at some stage I'll preach on it. It's actually quite interesting. Now I'm getting off track. Romans 15 says this. Because we have to stand for life. That's just that's where I came from. We have to stand for life. We have to stand for love. We have to stand for truth. We have to stand for hope. And both Katie and Mark both gave us this verse. Amen. In, in Romans 15 verse 13. Now may the God of, of hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you believe so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Spirit. Amen. So may the God of hope, so he is a God of hope. What is he asking us to be as a stronghold of hope? He's wanting us to bring the hope of the gospel, the hope of salvation, but the hope in the midst of a situation. He's calling us to be a people of hope. Amen? That he may fill us with joy. Does anyone need joy? The world needs joy right now. And peace. Certainly need peace. As you believe so that you may overflow with hope. And I love that thought. That you may overflow with hope. So it's not just hope that is contained within, but there's actually an overflowing. It's actually running out. It's actually overflowing. When you fill up a container and it overflows, it actually runs out over. My cup runneth over. Amen? Remember the little thing that I've said in the, in the past? A pessimist looks at a glass and says, that's half empty. An optimist says, the glass is half full. But as believers in Christ, we should say, my cup runneth over. We're not pessimists or optimists. We're certainly not pessimists. We're not optimists, but we're actually believers that says, my cup runneth over. Amen. We stand in prayer on this day, National Day of Prayer. But we need to be a people of prayer. Jesus said, my house will be a house of prayer. It's not just about an event. It's not just about a day, but it's actually about being a people of prayer. Amen. We need to stand in prayer. We need to stand in praise. I was thinking about Paul and Silas during the week when they were praying and singing hymns to God and the prisoners were listening. Who is listening to what you are saying? You know, there actually are people listening to what you are saying and there are actually people looking at how, how you're responding. Do you know that? 
Because the Word of God says that you are living witnesses, that you are living testimonies. Now, whether you realize that or not, you actually are. What are you testifying about? So as Paul and Silas were in prison, in prison, and they were worshipping, and they were praying, and they were praising, those around them were listening. This is a great time to be salt and light. This is a great time to shine for Jesus. This is a great time to bring hope and life and joy and truth and all that kind of stuff. This is a great time for that. Because in the midst of darkness, light shines brighter. So here they were, and, and God moved. God moved. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the jail were shaken and immediately all the doors were open and everyone's chains came loose. That is the powerful thing about testimony. If someone comes up here and they testify or they bring a testimony, not only are they testifying that their chains came loose, but how many other people does it minister to? How many other people go, man, that ministers to me right now? Testimonies are so powerful. But I want to encourage you, and the Lord wants to encourage you this morning to stand for Him and to live for Him. And as you do that, people around you are going to take notice. How, how come you're carrying this joy? How come you're carrying this peace? How come you're carrying this hope? How can you be like this at such a time as this? And you can give them the answer, because I know Jesus. Jesus mighty to save. So let's position ourselves in God more and more, hey? Let's sila. Let's pause in His presence. And maybe that's for you in your workplace. Maybe there's something going on in your workplace and you feel like there's all this whirlwind stuff going on. It doesn't just have to be with what's happening in our nation at that level. Maybe it's in your family. Maybe there's a whirlwind going around and God is saying, I just want you to sila. I want you to pause in my presence. Amen? And out of that place, to stand. To make a decision to stand. Amen? Music team, do you want to just come down? We're going to talk about that. Jesus. Jesus. Are there, besides what's happening around us, are there people that are facing battles in their jobs or their families and stuff right now? Can you, can you stand? Can you stand? Those people that are facing those things? Those people that are not yet standing, do you want to go on either side of your brothers and sisters? We're going to make a prophetic declaration. You're going to lift up their arms because you're their armor bearer. You know what? When you don't have enough strength, we don't, when you don't have enough, enough strength to lift your arms, then your brother or sister comes alongside you and lifts your arms. Amen? You take the weight. You take the weight. Amen? You take the weight. So, Lord, we want to thank you today. We want to thank you today that you are great, that you are mighty, that you are powerful, that you are strong, 
We want to thank you that you are our deliverer. We want to thank you that you are our helper. We want to thank you, God, that you're our ever-present help in times of need. We want to thank you that you are our fortress, O God. We want to thank you, Lord, that you are Jehovah Jireh, Lord. You are our provider. We want to thank you that you are Jehovah Rapha, that you are our healer, that you are El Shaddai, that you are God Almighty. As you reveal yourself to your people in Scripture, O God, we know that these are the days when you are revealing yourself to your people, God, and indeed the nations of the earth in different ways. So we lift up the arms of our brothers and sisters today, God, that are going through a battle right now. And Lord, we just declare over them today that you are the God of breakthrough that you are the God of provision, that you are the God of hope, that you are the God of faith, that you are the God of joy, that you are the God of peace, that you are the one who makes a way where there seems to be no way. And we declare that over families today. We declare that over work today. We declare that over situations today. And God, we ask by your spirit that we would overflow with hope. That each one would overflow with hope. Hope. Hope in Jesus' name. And as your people, amongst your people in this nation, O oh God, that we would be a people who stand as we position ourselves in you. And we thank you, God, that we are on the offense. And we declare this nation belongs to Jesus. That every principality and power that would seek to bring, um, that would seek to destroy and steal and, and kill in Jesus' name. That we would see, God, Lord, the manifestation of what your angelic hosts are doing behind the scenes, O oh God. That we would see victory after victory after victory after victory in Jesus' name. God, that we would see a spirit of repentance come across this land, O oh God. Because, Lord, what I'm seeing is pride in so many areas, O oh God. Lord, that there would be a spirit of repentance that would come across this land, O oh God. Lord, that we would prostrate ourselves before you and recognizing without you we are nothing and apart from you we can do nothing. And as we stand in the gap today, God, we say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on your church. Lord, have mercy on this nation, O oh God. We want to be that sheep nation, that nation that belongs to Jesus Christ. Amen. And today we make a decision. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. As for me and my house, we will worship the Lord. We will worship the Lord. I choose to worship. I choose to bow. We come before you, Jesus as Lord and King. Oh, Jesus. Sura